In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has come in order to justify us so that we do not have to justify ourselves. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Starbucks boasts that at their stores they have 87,000 different drink combinations that you could possibly order at one of their stores. Comcast, the cable company that we love to hate, has a cable subscription package, their their top-tier cable subscription package, with 1,000 television channels on it. Spotify, the music app, has more music than what you could possibly ever fit into any small neighborhood record store. We have all of these choices. All of these choices that ironically and paradoxically make it so difficult for us to choose. Barry Schwartz, a psychologist who kind of studies the the psychology of choices and choosing, says that this is an absolute paradox, that the more options that we have, the more difficult it is actually for us to choose one of those options. And in fact, he even tells a little story about a time when that became an issue for him, because he, he went to buy pants one day. And so he went to a store, and he, he got all of the different varieties of pants that were in his size, and he took them back to the dressing room, and he tried them all on, and he chose one, and he walked away, and when his wife asked him about his purchase of pants the next day, he ashamedly and kind of depressedly said, I don't know, they're okay but they're not perfect. And that's the issue with choice. The more and more options that we have in our choices, the more and more the burden seems to be on us to make the perfect choice. Dr. Tessa Bigham, a a psychoanalyst who works with 90% millennials and 10% their parents, which I think is an interesting combo. Says that the number one thing that she deals with when she's speaking to millennial clients is this thing that has been codified in our culture as uh, decision exhaustion. Just this sense of, I, I'm so exhausted because I have so many choices. And, and we see this in all sorts of kind of weird places where we see people idolizing Steve Jobs, not for the awesome stuff that he did with Apple, but rather saying that if we were just like Steve Jobs and we wore the same thing to work every day, we would be so incredibly more successful in our lives. They haven't talked to anybody else who wears a uniform, apparently. (laughs) But the idea is that Steve Jobs is so incredibly productive and created the entire Apple empire 
because he would always wear a black turtleneck and blue jeans. And the idea here is that he didn't have to make that choice. And so he could reserve the energy that it took to make that choice and make a choice about something else. But the issue behind all of those choices and behind all of this exhaustion is the issue, really, of perfectionism. That sense that somehow we can make the perfect choice. And whether that perfect choice is the choice for perfect pants or the choice for a perfect mate as you're swiping through whatever weird dating app you're using these days, or the perfect choice of a job as you're looking through LinkedIn, or the perfect choice of a major as you're looking through all of the options here. The notion is that somehow there's a perfect choice out there, and it could get away. And that is frightening. That is the thing that frightens so many people in our culture today. That somehow there is a perfect job, a perfect mate, a perfect church, a perfect home, a perfect whatever. And it's just not there. Enter our gospel reading. And the, the young lawyer who comes up to Jesus and asks him this question, this question that the text tells us is meant to test him. And I'm not sure that it means to test him in kind of a political way, like he's trying to trap Jesus. I think he's just that annoying guy in class who always tries to cross swords with a professor. But he, he brings it up to test him, and he says, Lord, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I will wait for your answer. (laughs) Like he's in a dojo. And Jesus responds to him, well, what do you read in the Bible, man? And he's ready. I mean, he's got this memorized. He is a, uh, he's a lawyer, but he's not a lawyer in the same sense that we think of a lawyer. He's a lawyer in terms of the Torah. He's a lawyer in terms of the religious practice of, uh, of Israel. And so he, he knows this stuff. He's got it, and he just rattles it right off. And Jesus, sort of out of hand, goes, yeah. Which I'm sure frustrates him to no end, because we know this person. We know this person, because this person wants to be agile. This person wants to be commended for their perfect recitation of that Bible verse. And Jesus goes, okay. So, and this is an important point, the text tells us that the lawyer was trying to justify himself, meaning that he was trying to bring this up so that he could say at the end of his life, when he meets God, Lord, I did all sorts of things wrong, but I made the right choice. I made the perfect choice. And maybe, yeah, I sinned here and there, but I This is what I'm standing on. I'm standing on making this 
perfect choice. And he's going to Jesus because he knows that Jesus probably knows what that perfect choice is. Because after all, if you're looking for the perfect choice, who better to ask than the perfect person? And so Jesus' response to the lawyer, I love. Jesus' response to the lawyer is not a perfect answer. Jesus' response to the lawyer is a story. And if you know this person, this person who's a perfectionist, who's looking for the right answer, and they're looking for it to fit in this right space, in this small tiny box, and you start to say, once upon a time, there was a man, they will huff and scoff and roll their eyes and tell you to get to the point. And so Jesus is just toying with this guy. And telling him a story, a story with all kinds of imperfections in it. I mean, after all, if this guy is in Jerusalem, what's he doing going to Jericho? Jericho is not a place where you want to go if you're a good Jewish guy. And so maybe that's why he gets beat up, is that he's in the wrong neighborhood, and, and But then he's followed up by two religious guys. What are they doing there? What's the deal with this, this priest and this Levite? That seems like a story imperfection, Jesus. And you don't even tell us why they walked by. He just says that they walked by. And then a Samaritan, Jesus, really, this is an imperfection. A Samaritan would never stop to help out a Jewish person, especially to this point. And, and so we, we have this kind of thing going on where, where Jesus is saying, well, here's, he, here's how I'm answering your request for this perfect answer. I'm not giving you one. And brothers and sisters in Christ, that's good news. Because there isn't a perfect answer for you. There isn't a perfect answer that you can go and take home with you after church day and start saying, I, I'm going to start doing X, Y, or Z. That's the temptation with this story, by the way, is to go, all right, I just heard about the Good Samaritan in church. Time for me to go start looking for people that got beat up. Guess I start in Frenchtown. <laughs> but that's it. That, that's what we think. We think, okay, well, th- this is it. This is how we get to heaven. This is how we inherit eternal life. Jesus just said, here's the answer to how you inherit eternal life. You become a Samaritan, and you go and you help people, and you put them up in the Motel 6 and tell the person at the desk that if they need any more money, here's my credit card. But that's not what Jesus is telling this man, and it's not what Jesus is telling you. What Jesus is telling you and what Jesus is telling this man is that you cannot make a choice that will lead to your eternal life. Let me say that again. 
You cannot make a choice that will result in your eternal life. Jesus doesn't say that you have to make the choice today to go and help people that have been beat up. Jesus does not say you have to make the choice today to live by the rules of the Ten Commandments. Jesus does not say that you have to be a perfect person. Jesus does not say that you even have to be a good person. Because this isn't about your choosing. This is about his choice of you. It's fun when at the end of this, Jesus asks the question, okay, which guy was the neighbor? And he says, "Uh, probably the guy who helped out the other guys. And Jesus gives one final imperfect answer to this guy, to this lawyer. And he says, you go, do likewise. Likewise. The the Greek word there is homoios. It it just means similarly. Go and kind of do that stuff. To which we go, and the lawyer goes, That's not enough information, Jesus. And it's supposed to not be enough information. Because you don't need that information. Because you don't need to make that choice. You don't even need to make the choice to follow Jesus. Because he's made that choice for you. You may even disagree with his choosing. That's how imperfect you are. You may say, oh Lord, I'm a big sinner. I wouldn't choose me if I were you. And Jesus says to you, that's why you don't get to choose. Because Jesus is perfect. And you're not. And Jesus has chosen you. He has chosen you through the waters of baptism. He has chosen you through his word that you are hearing right now. He has chosen you through the gift of absolution. He has chosen you through so many different ways. He has chosen you, though. And you don't get to get disagree with his choice. You don't get to say, not not me, Lord. Don't save me. You don't get to say, not that person, Lord. Don't save them. You're just left with the choice, the only perfect choice that was ever made. The choice of God to send his son to live among us, to live a perfect life, to make perfect choices, and to have one of those perfect choices be to die on a cross, to raise from a tomb, to give you His Holy Spirit. That is His perfect choice for you. And you have all sorts of choices coming up this week. Yeah. Choose chocolate over vanilla. 
Choose life over death. Choose curiosity over frustration. Choose hot dogs over hamburgers. Choose Lutherans over whoever. Or choose whoever over Lutherans. But know this. Know that the only choice that matters for your eternal life has already been made for you. And it has been made perfectly. May you go out and make good choices knowing the perfect choice has been made for you. Amen.